Hello and welcome to another episode of the I Am a Christian podcast. Today we're looking at the youth ministry in terms of counseling, formation, and day to day development. The youth are the leaders of tomorrow. What do we do to secure our tomorrow? Um, to answer this question, I have with me uh, my pastor. Pastor Allah, and he's um, someone who's had a lot of experience working with young people over the years, and he's a trained counsellor as well. So I want to pick his brains as much as I can to see how far we can address this issue. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. The first thing I I want us to I want us to to look at is the nature versus nurture debate. Now there is always this conversation going around that some people, regardless of what you do, will definitely turn out bad because it's in their nature to be bad. And there there is a counter argument to that, which says if you look at a young person and see how they turn out. It's all dependent on the adults in their life and the environment they're in. So if a certain environment is created for a person, they might turn out differently. In your experience, is there something that you see that um, the nature of a substantial debate, how valid it is, and to what degree does it really affect how a person turns out? Um, Personally, I think nature has a way of thinking its place. But because I'm a Christian... I'd rather want to concentrate more on nurture okay. now. And um, like you said, from my personal experience, I've had situations so many that if I want to start sharing them, it might just be a lot to talk about. I've had situations where um, parents has brought some young persons to me in the past yes. that um, I've had the strong feelings because they brought them because they believe that they probably cannot do better than they were then. Yes. So, and with time, we found ourselves in a place where actually one of these young persons is getting married just at the end of this month. Oh, brilliant. That many things has changed about mm-hmm. their lives. Mm-hmm. And um, um, they've grown up now to be better than yeah. whom they used to be, yes. whom the parents is given up on. Because the parents also is of this school of thought that... Um, nature as a way of taking this place because parents feel sometimes the way we console ourselves as mentor guardian parents is that when we've tried all our best and it's not really working we then tell ourselves mm. and mm. i know some people will probably go back to the bible where jesus said the son of perdition would not but be. yeah it's true that there are people but there is no name tag on that word in the bible so it's like um it's a phrase or it's a name that anyone can put themselves into it's like saying president of United States yeah. or saying prime minister, it can be A today yeah. or B tomorrow. The name in that office changes and it does not have to be our children's office. Yeah. So why people tend to think that um, nature has a way of taking this place is because obviously from the Bible and other places it's been said that there is nothing you can do, some people cannot, but it shouldn't be our own children. And when we have this mindset of I will do everything to make sure that yours will be different. We will always have a better outcome with them. So yes, in as much as it's generally believed that nature has a way of taking its place, I probably believe that with much effort in nurturing, we would have much more better results with them. Okay. Um, Something I want to to pick on a little bit. It's uh, 
there is this uh i think there, there is this debate where you would see two kids from the same household and same parents same standards and one will turn out good and the other one will turn out turn out um completely different is there something about that that says maybe the natural maybe the nature thing it's just that all is it a thing where maybe the the parents should have done something different or help us understand what is going on there now with, with parenting is interesting because you would discover that um we tend to have this common formula for bringing up children now one of the things i've also discovered is um I'm coming from a background where we have these things we call values yes. and morals. Yeah. And my wife is coming from a completely different background. So sometimes before we even start bringing together our values to become one together, to then agree on things, before you know it, we start having children. Mm-hmm. Now, we are yet to have a common ground as to what is right when we're, which of mine to drop and yours to embrace, then we now have children. Now, that's one thing. When that happens, there might probably be slightly a bit of conflict in what we say and how we say it. So, it goes down to, I mean, I've had situations with families where um, parents feel that it's okay for children to go to bed anytime they like. And the other part of it, maybe daddy thinks it's not the problem. Mommy thinks it must be 8 o'clock. In fact, I had some parents some years ago saying to me that, I don't want you to tell my children to robot. That's how the man felt about making sure that their children go to bed. Because you do everything specific time, time, time. Don't yeah. tell my children to. So now you could see where I'm coming from that they're yet to even agree on what is right as to. Now that's one part of it. The other part of it also is even when we now agree on that, that this is a pattern, this is a value, this is a formula with which we want to bring them up. It's not always the same thing for all the children. I mean, I've got two boys now and I can tell you that if I sit down and for whatever reason I'm trying to make, um, maybe I become a bit too loud to say, I call any of the names like, come here. You see my first son becomes a bit... um, yeah, so it's not used to noise, but my second son would prefer noise. If you still keep telling him, well, I wouldn't say would prefer noise, but if you keep telling him, sit down there, stop it, yes. sit down, stop it, he will not stop until you go like, I said you should, you know, so. Yes, yeah, so a bit more fast. Yes, so yes. you have to be more assertive, like mm-hmm. kind of, and mm-hmm. even with your voice. And you come to realize this is not because someone thought them to be like that. It's just two different people coming up from the same womb under the same atmosphere learning. Yes. So now when we finally have a pattern of training, we should also be flexible, understanding that the children are different. Yes. So if the pattern is to be very um, assertive or have, like some of us grew up, Maybe some of us that grew up in Africa, we have places where mom wakes up in the morning, gives the rule, and the consequence if you don't obey the rule, by the time it's back in the evening. So some of us may work well with that. So many may not work well with that. So understanding one, both of us as parents, having a proper pattern of a number two, being flexible with whatever pattern we have decided to bring yeah. them up is important. So that will make you be able to, I mean, Esau and Jacob came from the same womb. Of course, of course they did. So you can tell. <laughs> oh, of course they did. I think there is something you, you mentioned, which I just want to pick on uh, a little bit. So the bit with the agreement, 
even before you start to you start to have kids. I, I think this is something that we would expect every couple to know to say, okay, these are the plans we have when we start having kids. This uh, what we these are the things we're going to do. How we are going to raise them and and things like that. And they should know that. Okay, well, maybe have the conversation that. If there is any disagreement anywhere or if there is something where the kids need something or have done something, this is how we will discipline the, the kids. This conversation, is there a particular reason why a lot of couples are not having that conversation or what exactly is going on with that? I'll put that again in two different ways. I think, honestly, most couples do have the conversation but they don't have it to the depth. Like, they don't yeah. really, they don't understand. When we have these conversations, like myself and my wife, we had it, but we never had the the idea of what was really coming. We just had mm. it on the basis of when it's sleeping, when it's this, when it's that, just chose some few things. But when they came, for an example, one of the things that's happened to me personally is the fact that um, I grew up not being allowed to go into the kitchen much. Okay. So my dad would ask that um, we should stay away from there and not disturb the ladies and all of that. So um, when I started living alone, I struggled a lot with cooking and all of that. So I had it in my mind that I would make sure my children, they get to learn that early. So one of the things we discussed was at the age of 10, maybe they're about to start teaching them up. But um, my... Um, eight-year-old boy now is not interested, but the six-year-old one wants to get into the kitchen very quickly. In mm. fact, he goes into the kitchen to do the shows himself now. He wants yes. to watch the place, and he's always oh. proud to really do that. Yes. yes. So he wants someone to stay with him. He's not as tall as, you know, he's height, but he would yeah. probably find something. You could see that. Yeah. So we have to really, again, reevaluate or we discuss that. Yeah. In this case, this yeah. can change. Again, being flexible. Yes. It's just that yes. someone has to, because if you put him off from doing that now, mm. he may really lose interest. True. So, um, I think parents discuss these things, but what really happens is sometimes we don't discuss it to the basis. We don't really go to the depth of it because we don't know how much to expect from them. So, it's just like um, when we were in school that you learn maybe further maths or mathematics mm. and then it looks very easy when the teacher is teaching. <laughs> oh, then when they now give you um, <laughs> assignments, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, no, it's different. And you'll be like, but this was what it was. Why is this so hard? It becomes yes. more, yeah. So oh. we, we tend to read books, we yes. go, to, we attend mm. seminars, we learn all these things. Mm. But when you get to the playing field, I mean, you've, you must have had with sports, not just football alone, with yes. sports, maybe, um, maybe rugby or other that's you hear some managers getting frustrated and saying some coaches saying we had a game plan this was not what so yes, when you yes. get on the field sometimes oh, yes. it can be oh, yes. it can be different from the game plan <laughs> oh yes oh please let's not talk about sports <laughs> uh, no I'm still hurting <laughs> but okay I think this is a perfect segue into the next into the next question because okay, we have talked a lot about role and responsibility yes. now I want us to examine the different role and responsibilities of these different different um, parties. So the, the role and the responsibility of the individual himself. So the, the young man, the young woman, what their role and responsibility is. Now, we've been talking a lot about parents. So the role and responsibility of parents, to what extent should they should they go? And what about the, the siblings? If 
uh, these young men or young women have siblings? What about their peers around them? What is their role and what is their responsibility in terms of how uh, a young person's life is formed? And also the church, if this person is part of a church or if this person is part of any of the faith communi- um, community and the teachers in school and the government to a certain degree. Because something I have seen now, it's a lot of people bypass the other parties and go directly and say the government should do this the government should do this so is it necessarily just the government or do um these other people do they have a major role and what their responsibility should be so let me just quickly read a scripture from the bible if you permit me yeah so first corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 And that will lead me to just sharing something very briefly. First Corinthians thirteen eleven said, "When I was a child, I spoke as a child; I understood as a child; I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things." Which tells from this scripture that there are things that are expected from you at particular stages of life. Now, I'll quickly go through the four stages of life, and I will then bring your question into. Yeah, so the first stage of life is the learning stage. And I'll probably use Jesus Christ as an example in all of the the learning stage. Now, when you're in the learning stage, it's a time that perhaps you are allowed to make mistakes. Everyone knows you're learning. The government, your parents, your siblings, the school, everyone knows. It's just like, you know, when you just get on the road now and you see someone driving ahead of you with the letter L, label at the back of the car, you know he's a learner. So you give room. If it's not moving quick enough at the traffic lights, you take your time. You don't rush them. You're you're more enduring around them. Yeah. So you allow them to. So that's what it is because you know they are learning. So that's exactly what it is. If you read the book of Mark chapter 6, I think verse 1 to 3, the Bible made it clear that Jesus learned carpentry from the Father. And if you also go to the book of Luke chapter 2, maybe you go further down in chapter 2, you see that he went to the um, church to learn about ministry. So there's this learning stage. Then you get to the second stage, practicing stage. Practicing stage. Now, the things you've learned, that's when you start practicing those things you've learned. The things you've learned at the learning stage, that was the stage where Jesus started ministering, what he learned when he was in the temple, all that he learned from the priest, he started teaching to, you know, we get to the practicing stage when we start putting this. That's why you look at some people, I don't know, I think it's the same thing. You look at some people and you can almost easily tell where they grew up. And you can look and say, huh, you you act like or you behave like. You can yes. see some things that tells you this might be from this or that year. So when you see the way they behave, the things they do, you can almost tell when a child is from a Christian home, when they are at lunch at school and it's time to eat and you see the child doing the sign of the cross and all of that before he eats, you can tell, oh, I'm guessing this is from yeah. So that's the practicing stage. Jesus also did the same thing. He started teaching the things he learned. Then you move to the third stage, which is the, you know, when you start, is the legacy stage. Now, those things that you've learned and you've practiced, some of them you realize how well they've worked. That the legacy stage is a stage where you become a mentor to some others. What you've tried and it's worked for you, you start teaching it. <laughs> the legacy stage is when you are consciously doing things around the people 
that sees you or learn from you, you do things consciously with the knowledge of the fact that someone is watching me somewhere. Because I think one of the big problems we have with mentoring or with parenting is the fact that um, we tend to forget that it's not just what we say to them, it's what we do. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have a young person living in your house, you smoke as a father, and then he starts smoking and you're telling him it's bad, he should stop. And you are not stopping. What your action is telling him is that it's hard to stop. Yeah. Why will I stop if you, the adult, is not stopping? Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much you quote the scriptures or how well you pray or what you do. So some things, we do it because of them. Paul said something in the book of Romans. He said it's not when there was this argument of what we eat in, how yes. it pollutes the body. And he said, no, it's not what goes in. He says what comes out. He said, however... If what you will eat will cause any of to these sin. ones to sin, yeah. he's trying to say that sometimes it's not because what you eat is wrong. It can cause, it can get some people that are just growing confused. If your act can cause them to fail or to fall because of them, don't do don't it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. So um, the third stage, the stage of legacy is when you are consciously, you are aware of everything around you. You are consciously doing things to teach others. Mm. When you find yourself in a place where you feel that um, someone spoke to you rudely, you felt like responding in the same manner, but because you have young persons around you, you calm down and say, no, this is because you are teaching them this is what to do. When I was a youth pastor, I had a very funny experience um, some years ago, and um, they made comments about friends that I have on Facebook and the pictures, and because I was telling them not to keep bad company, and yes. um, you know, so <laughs> they were, and it's good you let them really have the freedom mm-hmm. to talk to you, because um, mm-hmm. so, the legacy stage is the stage where Jesus now started teaching the disciples, took yes. them out. He was not just teaching generally again. He now had a group of people he was mentoring and he was teaching them the way to go. Yeah. So then he now gets to the fourth stage, which is the resting stage. Now, when you get to the resting stage, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are old or you are about to die or you are dead. No, it just means it's a stage where you sit back and you begin to see the reward. Just like I said, some ministers, Earlier now, you could probably see the smile on my face that when I was saying one of my youths yes. was getting married. Oh, could, yes. Yeah, so um, I, I met with a woman, one of our youth pastors in our ministry many years ago. So she came to our branch to minister. And um, after our ministration, everyone was going to greet this woman. She happens to be one of our pastors. She happens to be the pastor at the youth church many, many years ago. She's now a regional overseer. And about three of my members in my church were people that passed through as youth. We have doctors amongst them now, you know, bankers and all of that. And she was excited and she she was actually calling them some very funny names that they used to. And it was was a scene of joy. Oh, definitely. She saw them and she was like, oh, this is your baby. Then she prayed for this. She sat with this. She chatted, where's your husband? Where's your... It was really nice. Mm. I felt, coming from the line of being a youth pastor, I felt like, I wish I would just see this one day. It was really good that they were doing very well. Mm. Some of them, you know, that she met. So it's a stage where you are laying down a legacy. You are Mm. teaching people what you want to be remembered. With the memory of you, you want them to keep it. So when you now get to the resting stage, you now begin to see the fruit of your labor. The people you've taught, like the situation of this pastor that I just spoke about now, seeing them, the way they've grown up, the thing. When Jesus got to that stage, he realized the disciples have become apostles. Now, going back to, so when you are at the learning stage, everyone has a role to play. Mm. Not necessarily verbal roles, but sometimes with the way we behave around them. 
my son got home some weeks ago and said to me that, but dad, why do we pray? They told me at school that there is no God. Okay. Yeah, so that that tells you, you you see where I'm coming yes. from. So I didn't even bother to ask who said what. I just had to really like concentrate on the subject of there is no God. Yes. So the community, the government, the school, all of us has a role to play because when there is a conflicting message, mm. the young persons have this weakness of choosing which is most suitable to them. Yeah. So um, at the stage where we call the learning stage. And the practicing stage, because when you give me, when you teach me, like I used the example of mathematics, and then you give me an homework, I come back with it. If I get it wrong, you correct me. So if I practice it at the practicing stage, and I'm still not getting it, there is need for me to be correct. So those two stages of our life is very critical. That's the stage that we need all hands on deck while we are bringing up the young person. The learning stage, what have they learned? Because you see, I have some adults now that from the way they behave, you could even tell that they're actually really now learning. And one of the major things which I think is important we mentioned that might be responsible for this also is that is the deficiency at home. Mm. You know, mm. where you have a child being brought up by single parents yeah. or both parents who have never been on the same page, mm. you know, things like that as a way of really... So this is where then the government, the church, all of that comes into let when you see such child, you can easily tell maybe the one that is coming from um a home where there's a lot of abuse and all of that, you can tell then that's where we so government has a role to play, parents has a role to play. I personally believe, and I've had people argue this with me before, that um it's more challenging in some parts of the world yeah. where they spend more time at school more time away from home because really that is where they learn more. Yeah. I mean, you have, um, you have two children. One is 18. One is six or eight. I mean, you have so much gap. There will be very little an eight-year-old child wants to learn from the 18-year-old. Guess where the eight-year-old will learn everything from school? is or our mates at school. That goes down to what the teacher teaches or what the other children has learned from home. So yes, the government has a role to play, the parents, the community. But where this now becomes something that is really important is every one of these organizations or this body must work with the parents. So that's really what one of the things that I think is also affecting us in our day-to-day. You know, the teacher teaches what they think is right. I mean, you have a teacher that is not a Christian, and yeah. you want to teach your child in a Christian way, yeah. it's a different ball game. Yeah. Some things will be said, some things will be disagreed with, so all of that. And um, the only solution I'll give you to that now, yeah. for the benefit of this period of time we have together, is let parents try as much as they can, not just to be parents to their children, but their children's best friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, for my son to come home and tell me that um, mm-hmm. why we always praying there's no God, yes. it's, it's, I'm happy because he's able to talk to me. If it were to be back home where some of us grew up, um, there'll be serious consequences. So, yes. <laughs> so let's be oh, their yes. friend and let them let's give us let's oh, give yes. them room to yes. be able to really say everything and anything. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm actually very happy you have you have hammered on that because I was. I was just. I've just written that down. The the feedback thing. I have noticed, especially. I mean, I. I am. I come from an African background. I have noticed that when it comes to giving feedback back to 
I mean, to parents from an African background, it's it's tough. <laughs> well, that's a tough or non-existent. <laughs> there is the I am your parent. I'm talking. What are you talking back? So, and that it's very difficult because then something I have seen, and and it's why I was asking about the peers and others in in society as well because something I've seen it's young people will always want someone to talk to. Yes. Now, if they're not talking to the parents at home, they're probably talking to someone outside or talking to someone online. Yes. And so I think, yes. So with that feedback, that feedback is very, very, very important. One thing I want to ask, because um, a few weeks ago, you did this teaching on um, strategic choice making. Yes. And I just want you to hammer a bit on that when it comes to the role and responsibility of the individual themselves. I know, yes, there is the learning stage where they have to learn and the practicing stage, but uh, in terms of that, where does the um, wisdom in terms of making the right choices, where does it come? Because you, you can teach someone everything they need to know, but they still have to choose to accept and practice it or, or not. So I, I just want to know how... With the individual, where does that come into you to bear? So um, let me quickly say this, sorry, before I answer the question. Um, I want to, again, I've said it several times, and probably I want to say on record now that I strongly believe, strongly believe that um, our set of human beings, or I don't know, maybe our race or our generation that has a kind of um, upbringing will still be the best in the future. I will explain it. Um, I mean, going back to just what you said about African parents and all of that, we, some of us, are very blessed and fortunate to have left that system here now. We are now, we've become work in progress. Learning some things that I thought is the best way of parenting because it worked for me and my parents. Now I've learned it's not the best way. I mean, sometimes ago when I took my children to Africa, we took some time to learn how to greet how to prostrate for elders and this and that and that. And when we go back here, and it's not because it's right or wrong for them to know it, it's just because I don't want them to go too deep into it, but I want them to have a knowledge of it. What I'm trying to say is um, what comes out of us will be more balanced because now we want them to have a little of what we have. Because I'll say this, it's not everything we thought that was wrong. Yes, Some things yes. are very valuable, beautiful um, upbringing, some very sound morals that we were so if we now learn some things from here for an example how to really um allow our children to speak and all of that we learned when we now bring because they have some shortcomings here as well true definitely when we are able to sieve it so to say the bad ones out we pick the big one the good ones bad ones from our own upbringing we pick and then we raise children with that and they correct it a little bit more they raise children with that Mm -hmm. our parents back home continue in their way the ones here where we live now continue in their way but we are mixing it up and our children are trying to get better with what we've done that's what i mean when i say it every time that they will be the best so watch out for our race watch out for their future. I'm confident that there will be a time, maybe my children and my children's children, you can see the balance in their lives. You will see that, okay, this is not completely this and not completely that, but you can see the good part of both is what they've grown up with and then you see them coming out very bright and shining. So, now, coming back to 
um, the question of um, choice making. Choice yes. making. I would like to say this at first. I shared with, if you remember in that message, I shared with us that there are four, um, um, four situations in our lives where we must not be in a hurry to make a choice. When we are lonely, when we are hungry, like Esau made a choice, when we are angry, Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock, and when we are desperate. Look at everyone that is falling into the hands of fraudster. They tell one of the common things they say to them all the time is, You have to decide now. Yes. So when you're desperate, they know you have a tendency of making mistakes. So those are the times that you don't make, not because you don't make those choices, but get out. I mean, if I'm tired, go and sleep, wake up tomorrow morning, then get back to the issues. However, some things may not be able to wait for long. We cultivate the act of choice making. Mm-hmm. The more you make choices, the better you become at it when you make them consciously, not just making it. And when you make mistakes, you get back to it and like, okay, next time I will have to do this better. When you are very conscious of the choices you make. Now, as young persons, is um, a bit of a more challenging world out there. I mean, again, as a youth pastor, I've had a situation of meeting with a young guy who took knife to school. The reason why I went to school with him was because the parents, we all we all knew that this guy is not very quite very peaceful boy at church. Yeah. Any question I ask as a youth pastor is always there. Every assignment, every very, 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 very so involved and God fearing. So I with the confidence and with what I've seen, I knew something was not right. Then I followed him to school. Now, the teacher said exactly the same thing about him. But here is where the problem. He wanted to belong to a group of friends. And they said to him that he is too timid. He's not, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So because of that, he had to prove to them there was no intention of using the knife on anyone. There was no plan of anything. They just said to him that you can't even protect yourself. You can't even. So yeah. they lured him into having to just take a knife to school. Yeah. And while they were talking about it, let's see, let's see, he brought it out and some student reported him. That was all. So you could now tell that it's a bit of a more difficult world out there. That just just one choice. Everyone, the teacher spoke highly well of him. Very good guy. All of us who felt the same way. The parent, myself, the school. I mean, those are the three significant places where you can almost tell. So when the school is saying, your teacher at school is saying, he's a very good boy. He's never gotten into any trouble at all. This is the first time. And then your parents are saying, they are just shocked. They don't know where that came from. And the church is saying exactly the same thing. So, but he got that one choice wrong. So, what we need to do, or as young person, is that quickly evaluate the decision you're about to make. How will this turn out? What will be the outcome of this? So, it's important that each stage we think. I mean, I, I like to say to people that when you see a young person getting involved with alcohol, getting addicted into anything, it's not just a day journey. True. The first time you decide to make that person your friend. It's the beginning of that journey. That's one choice you've made. No, 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 I won't drink. I won't. I mean, I like to say to my youth when I was a youth pastor that try to make sure you um, convince your friends, you bring them to church, you know, let them come to church. But the moment you have a friend that you think is much more of a stronger will than yourself, you can see that rather than you bringing him to church, he's taking you out into the world. Stay away because they are not like us. 
I mean, I remember when I was still working with the government with Job Center Plus, anytime we are celebrating anything, maybe, you know, end of the year, or any of us celebrating a birthday, we all go to the pub together. And I ask for a soft drink. Mm. Hmm. Then everyone gets very funny and um, and I'll still go the next time yes. and I have one of my friends, God bless him, he wants to always force me to just have a bit of alcohol, I have a bit of this, I have a bit of that. Yes. Now, having those things is not a problem, but it's a beginning of some problem. Yeah. So this is where choice making becomes very delicate issue because you tell yourself it's just a one-off. Don't do one-off. Don't do it because one off will then lead to the second time that will oh, lead yeah. to the third time. So what the youth should always consider is while I'm sitting down here about to make this decision, what will be the outcome? When I'm about to sell my birthright because I'm hungry now, what happens tomorrow when I'm not hungry? When I'm about to say words or do things because I want to please A, what happens when B, my parents come to know about it? So when we make choices, we should always consider the outcome of it. It's really very important to consider that. Okay. Okay. there is one. There is one more thing. I, I want to. What well, two things actually? I was just gonna go through both things real quick. Now, the first thing it's with the mentoring. Now, it is true that everyone definitely needs certain people in their life with different stages. The thing with mentoring these days is there needs to be a standard by which we raise. We we bent to raise raise our young people, but uh, what we see now that is prevalent in our society is this thing of relativistic standards, this relative relative morality and stuff. And so the, there's usually the talk of what is true for you may not necessarily be true for me. I just want to ask how has that affected the nature of mentoring, counselling young people these days. So with counselling, many things comes to mind. But I'll say I'll just mention four that are really very, very important. And I mean, they are of growing needs this these days now. But many things are really important. But I'll just mention four: sense of belonging. Mm. Have it at the back of your mind that that youth that is about to come to you for counselling or you're about to mentor will have issues with this sense of belonging. Yes. Another thing is trust issues. Trust issues. Now, this is deeper than we know. Hmm. I mean, hmm. as a Christian, I've had so many situations where the confusion the young person is going through is actually because of what happens at home. Hmm. A father called me for a meeting sometimes ago, some years ago, when I was still a youth pastor, and was complaining bitterly how the daughter was really rude, and I was disappointed, and I called her. What happened? Said every day. The dad will always tell them, go and pray when, they, when it's time to have night devotion at home. Yes. He will never join them. When he's watching Sky News or watching sports or something, he won't, but he will always insist they go and pray. Mm-hmm. So one day this girl asked the father, dad, why don't you join us? Why do we pray only with mom? And the man became upset. And the man said, in quotes, she was rude. Yes. So now... Trust issues goes down with the fact that when what they see at home is different from what they see outside. The same father and mother that puts up so much drama at home mm. gets out to so mm. the, the youth tend to look at some of us that are mentoring them, thinking in their mind, perhaps it might just be the same thing with him too. Yes. Maybe it's different here and there. You yes. understand? So they tend to find it really very difficult to trust because of experience they've had with people closest to them. The third one is you have to really make relentless effort to show them love. 
Now, that's not easy. And while you are making that relentless effort to show them love, be very assertive. Yeah. Make sure, because they can always try to twist things. Now, um, I mean, after I became a brand pastor that uh, I've left the youth ministry, I've one of the parents that um, I used to mentor our children. She, be, she goes to another branch of the church and she, um, another ministry actually, and she called me sometime some years ago very desperately that um, they need help, they need me to come and train the youth um, teachers in their church. What happened? The police came to a Sunday service caught two boys dealing with drugs. You know, the young persons like to have this, their sack bag and all of that. Now, they caught two boys doing drugs in the church. They've said, according to the police, they've been monitoring them for quite a long time. They've been like trailing them for like probably over a year. So the one will get it from the bad guys outside. So they traced him with the back to church one day. So there is another friend that comes to church. It's from the church toilet that they hand it over to each other. <laughs> that they, you know, so. And um, she said to me when she called me, this parent said to me when she called me that she's just worried because about the same time, some of the youths also got pregnant. It was just a mess. And the first question I asked her, who are the youth teachers? Mm-hmm. So, oh, no, 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 don't worry about that. Don't worry about that, Pastor. They are qualified and I said to her, this is where the problem is. Mm. It's not about the qualification. Yeah. It's the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You will struggle a lot to get anything out of this young. Because don't forget, the people introducing them into drugs are adults like us. Yeah. Yeah. Why do they have easy way to win them over? Mm. I was sharing with a group sometimes ago. I was asked to, you know, just speak, we're talking about um, terrorism and things like that, and I'm mm-hmm. saying that someone will just connect to you online, tell mm-hmm. you how much they love you, before they even ask you anything, how are you today? Yeah. Oh, your eye is red, what's wrong with your eye? And yeah. you know, they just show you so much love, mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. they might not come to the real reason why they are trying to, you know, why when they nurture people into yeah. um, cultism, into terrorism, they won't start with that. They'll be so nice to you, give you everything you want, they show you so much love under the roof of your parents that are too busy with work and other things that will not just even care to know how you live except when they want to see your results to see how well you are doing and remind you how well they have worked hard to put food on your table as if, you know, um, someone never put food on their own table too. So they want to wait for, no one wants to celebrate the little success. They want to wait for when you fail or make mistakes, then to have a family meeting. How many family meetings do we have when the children, when they do really well at school? That we sit together as a family and say, yeah, let's let's now clap. Oh yeah, this, okay, let's celebrate. How many of such do we? So these are the things that when you are going into a counseling room with them, have it at the back of your mind that you are about to deal with a young person that might probably be struggling with self-esteem, mm-hmm. someone that's got trust issues, yeah. someone that probably needs so much love because they've not had it, mm-hmm. and also someone that you need to really make sure that while you, you know, you share together with them, yeah. you are able to let them know your stand on issues and put your foot. So when you go into a room with them and you have all of this at the back of your mind, it 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 informs you from what you hear from them it helps you understand what you are and you see they can easily sense those things 
Because if a young person can sense when they are not loved, they can also sense when they are loved. When they can sense that they cannot trust you, they can easily see who they are able to trust. Like one of the things I try to do is that I let them know from my counseling background as um, as uh, a course I studied and as um, my profession, I let them know that there are some things that when they share with me, we can keep secret, but there are yeah. some things that we may not be able to. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've done with the youth in the time past is when they share some things that has to do with their parents, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, and I see that there are things that is still affecting them, yeah. I tend to tell them that, um, I think at this time, dad and mom should know about this. Yeah. It will be helpful, but I want you to tell them yourself. Because I will tell them if you don't. Yeah. And I give that to some time. And I let them know why we have to. Mm-hmm. Perhaps maybe the young boy or girl told me maybe a year ago, a few months ago. Now I feel the need that this has to be passed across to them. Maybe they would be part of the process as we help him through getting to the next stage. Yeah. And they need to know. So I will not just break that trust and they will just call him and say, what did you tell pastor? So it has to be with me and him discussing it. And when I give him a time frame of saying, I'll give you a week or two, you have to let them know yourself. If you don't, I will have to tell them. And still before I tell them, I'll still speak with him again. Now that is trust. He may not really find that funny at the point, but something in his mind will always tell him, if uncle will take further steps, he will let me know. Some parents don't think, or some mentors or some guardians don't think it's important. They say, I don't need this concept to do that. You may not hear more. Mm-hmm. And um, you may not be more helpful. Now, let me say this clearly. Even in the journey of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the story of um, two fishes and five loaves of bread, there was a time where Jesus felt, okay, we need this. We have this. We need that. Yeah. And he called. Philip said, and, you know, so understanding people sometimes helps mm, mm, knowing mm. who knows the congregation yeah knowing who knows your child better yeah as a parent knowing who to call and say um uncle lola pastor mm. um your son is this and this and this please speak with him these are the things we are not so, because sometimes there are steps we take that is different from what it's normal and natural that when a child is seeing so much of the parents at home it tends to not want to um, um, put so much trust in the relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can tell that daddy and mommy, they are even struggling to trust each other. Yes. He can see drama of our phone, somebody hiding their phone, somebody yeah. going to the toilet to pick up, just in the house. Yeah. So what are we teaching? That was why I said earlier that it's not just what we say to them, what we do ourselves. So when they come into the counseling room with that knowledge, you are able to really make sure that when they are around you, the things you do also, your composure, the things you tell them, the things you do around them, and even when they are not there because someone can see you that knows someone that will tell someone that. So you being real will be very helpful. So when they come in, consider their self-esteem. Consider trust issues. Give them a long time. It might be three, four, five sessions before they start opening up. I mean, when you introduce yourself and you get on, you say, so I'm here to listen. And if they want to talk, if they don't want to talk, don't force it, don't push it. Give it another time. Because actually, they might just be taking their time out to really observe who they are dealing with. You don't have an idea of the last person they saw. Maybe they just quickly opened up and then it ended in disappointment. So those are the things that, amongst many others, we need to consider as we go into them in any session. Right here would be a good uh, a good place to 
end this for today. I will definitely look to uh, get you to come in another time so we can, because I think there's a whole lot more that we can explore with the young people and, and the yes. questions. But I think, yes, for today, we'll end this here. I really want to thank you for coming out today to uh, do to do this with me. And before we go, I just want to say, if you have um, any words you would like to say to everyone, parents, young people, people who are struggling and people who just need a word of encouragement and yes. So I'll start with parents. What I'll just say, I mean, I'm still a young parent. My children are still very young, but what I'll say is um, looking back to my own parents and um, how I felt they did not do enough at some point. I mean, the first time I said to my parents how I genuinely feel at this stage was some months ago, September last year, when they came to the UK. And um, I said to both of them that um, the reason why I'm saying thank you and deeply from my heart now is being a parent myself at this stage, looking back, I wonder how they managed being pastors. My dad and my mom, they're pastors in Christ Apostolic Church and being a good parent and also how they manage the church and the family. And when I said that, my dad smiled and my mom was like, um, why? I said, because I'm struggling with it now. Each time I tend to feel like, am I doing enough? What else am I not? So now, because before then, I always feel like, oh, you know, church, this, just so. But now being at this stage, so what I want to say to parents is make sure you do all you can to put in your burst. If it's not appreciated at a stage now, yeah. when they grow older, they will understand it more. Yeah. Trust me, they will. They will just make sure you do your best in your own personal way of dealing with this, your words and your actions. Just put in your best. Don't get tired and don't think while you are doing it, because I've seen some parents that they have these rules of, no, my children is not um, smart enough to do sleepover, mm-hmm. to do this. But when they get under pressure with the way other parents are doing their day now, okay, maybe they can do sleepover. Just make sure you keep to those um, agreements, those tenants, and make sure you are upright in all that you do. If there is need for change, it's good to change. But don't at any point get tired of parenting. And for the young person, I want to say to every one of us that um, God has a purpose for every destiny. Whatever may be happening to you. Now, when I hear a young man, because um, someone talks about their size on social media, you are too thin, you are too fat, then people tend to commit suicide. I wonder, because life goes beyond that. There is something deposited in them that is bigger than their size or whatever about their color. So someone needs to let them know that in there you have something. God has not created anyone without a purpose. Mm. He said to Jeremiah, he said, right from your mother's womb, I have made you a prophet. There is something you are meant to be. There is a problem out there that is waiting for you. You are the solution. So if whatever is happening in your life now does not really conform with what you are hearing from me now, know that there will be a time that it will all make sense to you. But until then, don't stop trying. Be be focused. Don't lose interest. And to the community at large, it's important that we know that children are different and um, we should understand when we see some funny things that um, there's a lot in it. That And um, one should, most importantly, probably consider the place of prayer in all that we do. That is really very... I mean, you can imagine what 
um, Isaac said to Esau and what happened to Esau eventually when Esau and um, Jacob met eventually that he was also blessed you that if you read through the Bible and you see the things Isaac said when he said your brother has taken all the blessing yeah. you would have thought Esau has become a condemned man but eventually he did well too yeah. so the day you become restless yeah. that yoke will be taken off you the day you are determined you are focused to do well yeah. you will surely have a way parents let's not stop praying and trusting God for our children Oh, thank you so very much. We've really enjoyed having you on the episode today. We'll definitely get you back. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode of I Am A Christian Podcast. Part 2 of my conversation with Pastor Ola will be out soon. Watch out for it. Now, if you have any question regarding today's topic please send them to hometruths at awl.com that is h-o-m-t-r-u-t-h-z at awl.com or you can use the contact us page on my website www.hometruth.weebly.com that is www.h-o-m-e-t-r-u-t-h.weebly.com now Maybe you're a young person or parent who needs someone to talk to about tough issues. You can reach out to us too. We will be happy to help. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to subscribe, like and share this podcast with friends and family. Also, leave a comment on the platform where you get your podcast from. It is the best way you can help this podcast grow. You have been listening to I Am A Christian Podcast. I am a his.